You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio with cast number 548 for Monday, April 20th, 2015. Tonight, brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and NowMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. That's OutMotoring.com. It's TV in Arizona bringing you a brand new episode of the world famous White Roof Radio. Talking about Mini Coopers like we like to do on a you know Monday. Um, joined with me this evening is uh, my good friend Todd Pearson. Survived Vegas yet again. Todd, say hi. I am. I uh, yeah. I survived. I'm back, and um, I have stories. <laughs> We're talking about the Volkswagen that we talked about last week. Uh no no this involves yeah no it's it's more complicated than that. <laughs> okay. Alex, Alex is with us as well. Alex, say hello. Hi, I have found the cure against Ebola. <laughs> Red wine. You, you need a dose of Star Wars trainer oh. morning, <laughs> lunch, and night, and then you should be for a week, and then you should be fine. <sighs> That's it. It's out of my system. I won't talk about it after the show until after the show. <laughs> So last Thursday, uh, the new Star Wars trailer was released, and Alex is Alex is a Star Wars enthusiast. We'll say, I think that's <laughs> that fair. That's a that's a fair. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It uh, is a fair. Alex spent all of Thursday doing nothing but watching the Star Wars trailer on repeat. Come to the dark side, Alex. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Who did that? It's you, Dad. <laughs> No, I don't know who that was. That was the force talking. The All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're not doing What was it, Gabe, called it? Falcon Cast. Yeah, we're not doing the Falcon Cast tonight. Uh, we are talking about the Millennium, mini- the Millennium Falcon Cast. Millennium Falcon Cast. That's right. We're here doing a lot of Mini Cooper stuff. Talking about that for you this evening, like we like to do. Uh, we've got news from MotoringFile.com, and uh, I, I guess Alex... You know, he tried to test drive JCW, but his skirt got on the way or something. I'm not really sure. We're going to talk about that. And then, and then Todd's got a lot of GP stuff that he wants to talk about. We're going to get to all that here in just a minute. Before we get to any of that, I want to remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Our friends over at Craven Speed, you know them. They make all the really nice custom crafted stuff made out of like unobtainium and really cool metals with computers and robots and stuff. It's all the stuff that you really want to make your car awesome. Like the Koala Intake Manifold Spacer give you a little bit more power on the R56. The F56 Intake, which is brilliant. Uh, the FlexPod Adapter, my favorite piece, of course. The N-Gauge system to make your gauges really stand out. And finally, the mini dipstick that doesn't break. And you can actually read for those of you with R53, R56. All awesome stuff. All available over at CravenSpeed.com. Go over there, and there's a there's a spot at the bottom of the homepage where you can actually sign up for the email newsletter. Really cool. That way you get updated whenever something new lands on the site super cool you don't get spammed you just get an update it's like oh hey by the way we had this cool thing to the website we thought you'd like to know boom right super cool stuff only available over at craven speed cravenspeed.com home of the electric mini amongst um, other things amongst other things i don't know where to start should we start with news and just let's get the news out of the way because the, the we'll just do news really quick and then we can let you guys talk let you boys talk about all your things okay all right let's do it let's just do that so my stroke you please Boom. There's music. Back at the helm. I have the con. It's Todd. It's the con. <laughs> Alex is making the BMW startup grudge flash. And this is interesting. If you guys didn't get a chance to read this, they're 
over in Germany, the whole startup craze is just going nuts right now in, in Europe, uh, in Germany, and also in um, oh, what's the other place like Amsterdam. They're going crazy for the startup thing, and BMW is doing what they can to kind of help that along in Germany. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think um, uh, if I remember correctly, there is this uh, one branch like BMW has a venture branch called iVenture, where they invest in in startups. Uh, but I think those startups are mostly. Maybe I'm wrong. They are mostly uh, related to uh, uh, you know renewable energy. Uh, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong. But uh, this thing, the startup garage, is kind of a, you know uh, another step in that direction where you're trying to, uh, in some ways, source you know technologies, you know services or products uh, at a very early stage by being invested in them or by providing an environment that is uh, helping those startups develop. And you know I, I'm sh- I, I don't know. There's not much details in regards to uh, uh, how this thing works, like who has ownership of what, uh, but I'm fairly certain that most of the startups that would be involved in this uh, incubator would be in some ways directly or indirectly related to the automotive space. And I think that's a great move from BMW, honestly, because, uh, you know, as we know, and, and you know, Mini Connected is, is a good example of this, uh, they don't always have the financial or you know design or software capabilities to actually make something that is you know on par with what's uh, you know what consumers uh, are used to when you look when you look at smartphones or tablets and so on and i think that's that's a great move on their part yeah i totally agree i think it's pretty awesome go bmw yay team anyway that's kind of awesome um, <laughs> alex you need to explain to me. Alex went like extra nerdy this week with the uh, <laughs> the future of the auto industry all in one chart. Now, uh, before we begin and talking about the chart, the chart requires five paragraphs of explanation on how to read it. So, I'm so I, I looked at this and I was really confused. It's a it's a flow chart, man. It's like go this way. Here's where we are. Go this way. Here's what's going to happen. Sure. But there's like arrows and numbers. <laughs> And yeah, so those the the arrows, like the small gray arrows in the middle, don't make sense. Uh, only like the the main arrows make sense, and the quadrants like around those arrows. Right. Uh, yeah. So I can I can try to walk everyone through this thing. So uh, basically, there is this guy uh, named Adam Jonas. is a uh, analyst for uh, I think Morgan Stanley or I think J P Morgan, and so he's been like involved in the automotive space since you know pretty much ever. He's, I think he's worked as as a strategy consultant for automotive company and then moved in uh, in corporate finance, you know, merger and acquisition. And now he's doing you know uh, equity analysis for the automotive in the automotive space specifically. And so he said this week, this is the one chart I'm going to be looking at for the next 30 years of my life. Uh, because he says that that's the way the space is going to evolve. So, with that in mind, let's try to explain what 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 is that you know uh, progress. What does that progress look like? Mm-hmm. So the first step is kind of what we are what we are into there, right? Like it's been a hundred year old model where people buy cars, and where you also have uh, you know uh, uh, companies buying cars also for their employees sometimes. Uh, let's sure. say you're a sales rep or uh, rental companies also buying cars, right? So that's what it is, ownership, which is kind of very uh, not very efficient because uh, it's expensive for buyers. And because most cars are actually, uh, there's a statistic, like most, most cars are actually uh, 80% of the time not being used because they are either sitting, sitting in your parking lot at work or in your parking lot at home. So most of the time you're actually not using your car. So that's the first thing. The second step 
is kind of the, of the beginning of a revolution, but we are kind of already in that step. It's where individuals have started to move away from ownership in favor of uh, ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft. And so what what the uh, what uh, Jonas said is that um, at maturity these services are so cheap that only rich people own cars, which is kind of kind of scary in some ways. Or um, or like the car share the uh, um, the car sharing technology, like the BMW uh, uh, program in San Francisco. Whatever. Drive now. Yeah, yep. drive now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like um, um, what's the other thing? <laughs> uh, uh, Zipcar. Right. Zipcar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the third step step is a uh, it, it's a time where the drivers are able to release the control of their vehicle to computers. So, you know, you guys have seen. You know, there, there was a lot of talk about it um, last week or two weeks ago in uh, at the New York Auto Show. All those autonomous driving features, and you know, we're kind of getting there. Some you know, step by step. It's very slow, obviously, because the legal environment is not you know fully doesn't fully exist actually, and also there's some security concerns. Uh, uh, and so it's where you know people you know step by step trying to give away the control of the car to people or drivers. You know, I mean, uh, let's say the Uber driver give away the control of the car to actually robots, right, or the computer. Uh, and then the, yeah. people still own the car. Yes, they they do all the services on the car. Um, the last quadrant, uh, it's what he calls the shared autonomy, where you have a roving fleets of completely autonomous vehicles in operation 24 hours a day uh, that are available, you know, from your smartphone, from your computer, or any mobile device, and so on. So at this stage, there is no ownership at all. Uh, and ownership is really restricted in location and also in uh, in also between its price uh, prohibitive, I guess. So for right. instance, you wouldn't be able to drive your car in the street because most of the cars on the street would be anonymous uh, vehicles and so uh, you know it would be very complicated to have like you know drivers actual drivers anonymous vehicle in the same environment so that would be completely restricted and and everything would be fully automated and so I was listening to uh, Mark Andreessen. I know I'm sure you guys know who this is. Is yeah. is the guy you co-founded Netscape and is you know pretty much a billionaire at this point. And um, and he, he made a very interesting comment in one of his uh, later podcasts. He said uh, he, he thinks that hedge funds would actually um, uh, own like fleets of self-driving cars. So they would basically spend billions of dollars on fleet of self self-driving cars and bid them out to services like Uber and Lyft. So basically Uber and Lyft. Did you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. okay. Uh, basically Uber and Lyft will summon those cars and, or bid them out to, uh, those, those hedge fund managers. And so, uh, and so that's kind of what the future looks like. And that's very interesting because in a, in an environment like this, you would think that an edge fund manager, like or whomever owns those fleets of cars, is not going to buy minis, mostly because minis are like a niche market. Uh, they will most likely buy, you know, mass market cars such as you know Toyotas or Hondas or whatever that is. And so that's so that's the question: like, what is the future of you know brands like Mini or BMW in that environment? Like, what do they? What's what's the future for those? I don't See, my, all my brands. Problem, yeah. My problem with this, my problem with this kind of thinking is. I don't think this is anything that's going to happen before I'm too old to drive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, well, and that's this, what car companies are thinking too, DB, and that's why they're not thinking about it at all. They're like, oh, it's not going to Well, and then I know how fast car companies move, right? Right. They're definitely not the speediest um, in making change. So this makes me think. It's like, well, number four, 
that sounds cool to me if I could still have like a hobby car in the garage or something. But I don't think I'll see that in my lifetime. Well, and, and not with the way uh, governments are cracking down. Like Uber has now left Number you know, three. my two favorite cities, like Kansas City. They've driven Uber out of Kansas City. And that, just this past week, Uber has been driven out of Vegas. There's no that, more. So there's no Uber in Vegas? Not going to be any more Whoa. Uber in Vegas. It's going to be gone. Wow. Yep. Wow, that's just crazy. Yeah, too much yeah, of a cab, uh, too much of a, uh, a cab lobby out there and regulations that are going to make it too expensive. And the business model doesn't work with the regulations that they uh, they want to have, so they've really kind of forced them out. And the same with Kansas City. Yeah, see, so yeah, that's just that's just ruining it for everybody else. Everybody else, yeah. So that's why I think this is not sustainable. Like those, like you will see, I'm sure, like Kansas City and Vegas revert back to welcoming Uber because people will ask for it and they I won't so be too. able to do anything. Yeah, yeah I think but it's so going to take some time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, and yeah. the the existing, you know. The lobbies and all the people who are doing things the way they did a hundred years ago. In this, okay, I'm taking your your chart as an example of yeah. that's the way they're thinking. They're still over in quadrant one, and they've got to make it all the way to quadrant four. So we've either got to get all those people gone who think like that, you know, mm-hmm. and around there. And that's going to take, like DB said, you know, that may not even be in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, because those are people that have been doing things the same way for so long that they don't know how to do it any other way. And I mean, granted, a lot of these guys are like in their sixties now. So I mean that works to our benefit, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like it's gonna take some time, but I I you know in some ways I'm more I don't know if I should be optimistic about this, right? Because like one of the scenarios involve us not being able to drive whenever we want, which is really scary. Um, but I think it could be it could happen like faster than we think. And the reason I'm saying this is because technology like evolves like really really quickly. And I, I don't think it's actually a matter of technology. I think it's a mostly a matter of legal and security. Legal because you need to set up the legal environment for this. Right. And security because uh, you know. I don't. I think there was a senator who said this this week. Like car manufacturers have like no idea how to secure their cars against hackers, and so security is like a big issue, right? Because what if you have a bunch of hackers that all of a sudden control all those cars and they can do whatever they want with them? Right. It's a total nightmare and super dangerous. So uh, those are the two obst- major obstacles that I see. Well, and that's Not why I think the technology. That's why I think it's gone beyond there, like maybe um, a quadrant four point five things that we haven't thought of because none of us had thought. 10 years ago that Uber would be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody right. even had a concept of it. And then look where it is now. And I would say that is, you know, the Uber and the Lyft of the world and the zip cars of the world, that we're still at version 1.0 of of that technology. And some young entrepreneur is going to come up with different ideas and new ways of doing things that are going to change it and be innovative. We just we just haven't seen it yet. Now, like you said, how does that affect car companies and, and manufacturers? How do they uh, partner up with that? Well, who knows? I mean, uh, the previous story we were talking about, BMW, with you know supporting startups, if they can figure out a way to partner with somebody like an Uber um, and a concept to say, hey, use BMWs, for right. for whatever your new technology, I'm not saying Uber specifically, but I'm saying for whatever the concept they come up with, right. that is where the synergy comes, and then explosive growth happens, and that's how companies like BMW and Mini will continue to exist. Is they're going to have to partner with those people with those ideas? Mm-hmm. Synergy on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's a there's one thing super interesting. Like if I had like tons of money right now, and I would probably do this. Like 
when I think of all those taxi companies that are fighting against Uber, yeah. I think there's a smarter way to go about this and, and say, well, you know, let's try to disrupt ourselves and join Uber in the in the thing in a way that, you know, let's buy like, uh, let's spend like, I don't know, millions of dollars on buying cars and we're making those cars available to Uber drivers and and, and you get, you know, money in there. And uh, and I'm sure there's like tons of money of man- in managing like fleets of cars because you are managing only cars like you don't have to worry about actual employees uh meaning drivers uh uber is kind of overseeing this and also you don't have to you know seek uh seek uh seek drivers there will always be drivers available for that stuff so so if i were like uh if i was an entrepreneur right now, right now i would totally investigate that space like you know owning or creating like a fleet of cars like across cities and work with uber and lyft to make those cars available to their drivers that yeah. would be that would be a a good thing to do, I think. An interesting venture, I think. You know, what's really interesting is uh, Todd mentioned this at Vegas and Kansas City not, not allowing Uber in their cities anymore. And I, and I think that's really funny. I'm out here in Phoenix, and last time I was in a taxi, the taxi cab driver, where he had like 17 devices, and one of them was for was his Uber. So he could get Uber calls. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they, can't beat him. Join him, right? <laughs> exactly. What's wrong with What's wrong with right. doing that? Uh, right. I, just, and I, I so think that's that conversation that would just sidetrack us and derail us for the whole night. Yeah. No. I think that's where, like Alex said, I think that's where the future is going to be. It's like you can't beat him. Join him. And so let's figure out a way to make that a better system to make ride sharing, and I mean taxi cabs too, and right. you know whatever car services. Let's turn it into a better system, and I think that's what we're on the verge of. So, and then, like, how does you know Mini take part in that? Is it's not necessarily a uh, you know, it's not an either or. We still get to drive our minis and have fun. And uh, I don't take that many taxis, and I don't use Uber. I don't live in a in an area where that's necessary for me. So, hey, right, I've used it on occasion, and it works pretty good. I gotta say, yeah, I use it a lot during Mini takes the states. I just mm-hmm. call a friend or a relative and say, hey, give me a ride. Hey, man, I'm too drunk. Come get me. <laughs> no, I've never done that, no. <laughs> I only drink at home. Yeah, okay. That's me a too. lie. <laughs> I only drink at home. <laughs> uh, mini worldwide sales, um, and with us, we've been talking about mini sales being uh, on the increase for the last couple months here. Uh, mini worldwide sales up 39% in March 2015. That's pretty strong. Nicely done, nicely done. Yeah, I think it's an upward twin, a twin, twin, an upward twin that we see. Thank you, Baba. <laughs> I think that's an upward, <laughs> upward trend that we see. That's a good thing. So yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, it's, it's funny, like in the comments, like people were saying, "Well, this is just you know fifteen percent. Like it's not a lot." And I'm like, "Dude, it's like two digit growth. What, what are you talking about? This right. is like in the space, it's almost unheard of. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. And also, like they're not yeah. gonna sell like thirty percent every month." That's- Let's back up for a second and remember that last March there weren't any cars to be sold. Well, not in the U.S. There not were... in the U.S. Exactly, yes. and, and the U.K. had very few cars to be sold. And this is yeah, this is worldwide. They were they were so, already oh, selling. Right, other cars. So I mean, this number. I'm saying that I'm still saying this number is slightly inflated. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And a little higher than than. I mean, if this if they were to if they were to say, well, let's just say that we would have sold uh, roughly the same number of cars last month as last March as we did the March before. Then I don't think we'd see as big as growth. I still think there'd be growth, but I don't think it would be quite as high. And Alex has said it before on this show, and I still agree with it. We will not know until we get through the end of October of 2015 um, what's going on with sales. Because, and and by that I mean 
the Mini in the USA uh, finally went on full force sale in October, the first week of October, after we got through the EPA embargo, you know, the, oh, we're holding all the cars and all these things. Um, We've had full on sales since October. So we won't know until we get through the end of, you know, a full 12 month cycle, what's going on. So, and, and there is a there is something someone pointed out like you know, an interesting point right because I said uh, you know it's that like it's uh, if you cut this in half let's say like it's a fifteen percent growth right to account for the fact that it was very very low last year at the same time you're still at fifteen percent right even even then people are saying yeah well it's not great you know compared to 2013 and I'm like 2013 like it's totally different year for for one simple reason only is because the brand like old model. Uh, in the lineup, we're at full maturity, and at full maturity, like we're meaning we're still seeing like tons of R tops at this time. So okay. you're comparing like uh, even even like a full after a full year of sales of the F platform, like we're still comparing like fully mature model against like a newly like a new platform. It's just, it's just not the same context. So you can even even compare to this point. I think right. I agree with you guys. Like it's inflated, but I still think it's on it's on the right path. I think it's still but, on the right path for this year. Totally agree. And Alex, uh, here in the States, we call that comparing apples to oranges. <laughs> Boom. There's got to be a French term for that, too. So. There's got to be a French term for that. You know, you know what really d- disappoints me on this chart, though, um, for March 2015 sales is uh, Rolls-Royce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, because last year, Rolls-Royce had a lot of – they had a couple of really great months where their sales were up like hundreds, of, like 100%. And for March, they're down 18. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, but it's because uh, Don and I didn't put Rolls Royce in our list of cars. I was gonna say next you realize eighteen percent, eighteen percent down DB is like that's like two cars. <laughs> yeah, that's two cars exactly. Well, I mean, they only sold three hundred twenty-eight cars in March. Right, right. Well, and here's something else to think about too about the BMW brand in general. There's no Clubman this year. There was a Clubman last year that was nope. uh, unfold. Yeah, they weren't selling a lot of them, but also, so let's see, Clubman is gone. The the paceman, God rest its soul, is is it still available? Um, oh, yeah, it's a zombie club. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. And the uh, the <laughs> end of the coupe and the roadster is right. is imminent. That's this month in April that we're talking about now. So um, if if sales continue to rise, I think that speaks nothing but good because we've lost three models. Um, well, the paceman isn't completely dead yet, but it might as well be because they're selling what eight of them. So, uh, anyway, that's, you know, we've lost the Clubman, the Coupe, and the Roadster come the end of April. So, we're going to see those sales decline. So, I think you got to make an adjustment there back in the positive direction once again. There you go. Mm-hmm. There it is. Excellent. Uh, let's move on. We're almost done here. There's two more stories I want to tell you guys about. First of all, and this is just because I just can't stop looking at this damn car, the 2015 F56 Mini 210 Challenge Edition. Yes. Oh, cool. M G. Did you guys see this picture? Know, Did you see I this know. car? Are you following along with what they're doing? Oh man, it's, just, car- it's race car, man. It's just all about race car. This, you know, though, this is what the F fifty six needs. F fifty six needs race car. It needs to be slammed. It needs to have the really aggressive aerodynamics. It needs to have the big fat slicks. It needs to be covered in stickers, dude. This car's badass. Yep, I'm really excited about this. It does look really good. Looks really good. <laughs> This makes me want to get an F fifty six and put like the like the JCW body kit on it and you know put it on coilovers and get it nice and low and then just cover it with stickers. Because that really it. that that car it just has the JCW body kit, but it also has a front diffuser on it that's a little more aggressive than what comes on the JCW bumper. Yeah, and that looks hot. Yeah, it looks pretty good, but it's also really low to the. That's like two inches off the ground too. 
Yeah, it is. You know, it's really funny about this car. And if you look at this picture, it's really funny. There's actually it's still an antenna on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't see that. I just noticed it. Because you know that car's got no radio in it. Come on. It doesn't have radio, but it's maybe they use it for communication or something. Anyway, it's a pretty rad little car. And, you know, if you're over in the U.K., uh, 29,000 pounds, get you one. Check that bad boy out. Probably could never touch the streets, public streets, though. Oh, yeah, it's not street legal. But if you wanted to go challenge racing, done and done. God, I would love to do that here. Oh. <laughs> and then finally, um, Alex cross-shopped the F56 JCW with uh, Mark 6 Golf R. Seven. Okay, seven. Excuse me, Mark 7 Golf R. My Roman numerals are a little, screw, a little uh, off. Apologize. I know. And yeah, I that's, that's because of Todd. <laughs> it's all my fault. It's all Alamo Rentals' fault. Of, uh, you know. So maybe we can talk about the GTA again after. So, so uh, you know, Todd obviously planted this idea in my head. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to go to Volkswagen and try on the GTI. I pull in the lot and I see like a really nice gray Golf R. And I'm like, this R looks really, really nice because I didn't look the prior versions of it because... They look to me like too racy, uh, you know, like uh, Fast and Furious style, which I right. don't like at all. I think I think it's kind of you know too much, and so this one looked pretty slick, and I'm like, well, that's nice. So and I was and I asked the guy, can I try this? And he said, yeah, totally fine. And uh, and so I give it a try, you know, for 15 minutes again. You know, it's a test drive. It's very short. Like you can't really. Uh, get a good idea but everything that Todd says is you know was on point obviously uh, you know times 10 because it was a Golf R and so for me uh, given all of the stuff that comes in uh, plus what's coming in this summer uh, meaning the um, Apple uh, CarPlay and a higher you know uh, definition uh, nav system the screen I'm talking about, uh, I think that's a huge plus in 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 my book, and so this is a definite contender for uh, my next car uh, next year. Uh, and I would recommend anyone uh, who has the opportunity to go to a Volkswagen dealer uh, near where they live uh, to try to give it a try. Give it a try. I know it's kind of difficult because you don't have a lot of Golf R in the market. Uh, most of them are made to order and you have to wait 16 weeks to get it. It's kind of insane when you think about it. Right. Um, but and, the, re- but, but the regular GTI, yeah, the regular GTI is pretty decent. So, yeah. And it's, uh, so it's, uh, again, like the, the, the top version is, uh, 39K. So it comes with the, G- with the, that, you know, adjustable dampers and and some of the stuff. I forgot what it is, uh, but it's uh, it's. I mean, this is a fantastic car. And then I read the reviews online after the test drive because I, for whatever reason, it completely I completely ignored it. I, I don't know how. Um, so and so, yeah, Volkswagen, yeah. Because the, because the Volkswagen fanboys are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Volkswagens of late, well, not of late, Volkswagens up until let's say a couple of years ago, were known for just chewing oil worse than a first-gen R56. That, just being are, terribly unreliable. You are correct. Yeah. Worse, yeah, yeah. And, worse than a first-gen R56 because of the turbo. So Exactly. Uh, and, and, and so I read I, all the reviews. I don't want to catch... Were fanta- yeah, what? go ahead. Be short, I don't want to talk about Volkswagens anymore. I'm boring. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys, if so you just, want... If you want to listen to more about Volkswagens, I want you to go back and listen to Wolfcast number 547. That was the last show in your feed. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen. Um, it's Todd basically praising the Golf. And then go over and read Alex's test drive slash paper comparison. 
There's a lot to be said for this car. 39 grand. It has way more horsepower than a JCW and has all-wheel drive. Just those two things alone. I mean... And I'm going to I'm gonna follow up in the next segment, too, because uh, I came back and had a uh, Cooper S loaner. I had a 2015 automatic Cooper S loaner. And I'm going to take back some of the things I said about the GTI, but not everything. Okay. Got it. I, I'm sure there are some stuff I'll disagree with you, but so that's going to be a good debate, I think. Yes. Here we go. And finally, um, there's going to, uh, Motoring File got the chance to have a four-door Mini for a couple days. Uh, there's going to be some questions answered. There's going to be a review posting, I'm guessing, at some point next week. Keep an eye out for that happening this week. I forgot to ask Gabe, like, how many times has he hit his head? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. We were going to try to get Gabe on tonight, but I think he's in the he's flying or he's in you know one of those bulletproof cars that doesn't have good cell reception. I think he's on his way to Iceland. Is that where he's going now? Reykjavik. Not really. I have no idea. It could be. <laughs> no, it sounded the most. Exo- it sounded the most exotic though. We yeah. have supermodels and seven series. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so endeth news from motoringfile.com. Before we move on to. Things that I'm not even privy to at this particular moment in time. Let's remind you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Our friends over at Out Motoring. This is the Mini Cooper Parts Superstore. You guys know about them. I talk about them every week. This is where you go when you need something for your Mini. I don't care what you need. You can get it over at OutMotoring.com. Super duper simple. Go over there for if you've got an R50 all the way up to an F56 and you want to make you want to put some on your Mini to make it look cooler, make it more useful on the inside, make it more useful on the outside with a you know adding a rack of some sort or uh, something to you know be able to pull a trailer with your Mini. Fill OutMotoring.com. You need to do repairs, tools, and parts. OutMotoring.com. You want to make your car look better because you know it's spring and Jim Peterson put his uh, summers on, so you're doing the same thing and getting your car polished up. You go over to OutMotoring line of car care products as well everything that you need to make your car awesome and care and feed it is available on motoring.com get over there and make sure you sign up for the email newsletter because when you do that gets you your very own five percent off discount coupon you get a fresh one every month it's really rad you go to buy something you put in the code and you save five percent and all it costs is like your email address and you only get an email a month maybe two it's awesome go sign up i trust me on that one it's a really great deal and then you can go place your order and save five percent. Awesome, awesome. That of course over at Outmotoring, Outmotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and uh, AEM upper stress bar red. Well, that's Outmotoring.com. Hmm. For those of you who need an AEM upper stress bar in red. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's see. Let's start with Todd. Todd had a week with the GP. Except I think Todd is Todd there. Oh, Todd's letting the dog out. So instead, let's. Uh, we could just vamp. Because Todd was in Vegas last week. And you know what? I'm excited for Ambiv. Alex, you excited for Ambiv? I am super excited for Ambiv because, you know, you guys know I've been listening to the show since ever. And I've heard you you know, talk about Ambiv many, many times. So now I'm going to get a chance to get there, to go there. So I'm, I can't wait. Super excited. Uh, from what I understand, a, a good number of our friends are going to be there. It's going to be a really, really great time. Like all the people that you met during Main Takes States, Alex, a lot of them are going to be at Ambiv. That's cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I have a question maybe for you or for the Envy people. So I paid the, the registration. Am I supposed to get something in the mail or will I get something once I get there? So you should have got an email this week. Um, and basically it uh, says that when you get there, you, when you go to check in, uh, you'll, get your, you'll get your bag at the front desk when you check into the hotel. I have received no email. So I'll wait again, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, you should. You might not be on the email list, but there that was an official email that came out this week. So for those of you who are registering for Anviv, like you should, you uh, when you check into the hotel, you can 
you'll get your your bag of stuff when you check in. If you're not staying at the Silverton, you're staying in another hotel because the Silverton is now booked solid for the Anvil weekend. Um, then you, there will be a spot for you to actually pick up your bag, your registration stuff, which is really. Mm. Good. But yeah, Silverton sold out for Anvil weekend. It's it's, it's, a, a, it's car weekend. Ahead, not only is Ambiv that weekend, but Woost, W-U-S-T is that weekend. That's the big Japanese uh, European car show that, that they have at Pal Station. It's huge. Oh, cool. It's going to be I cool. thought it was just There's a chance to make sure you go, do the trip from LA to, uh, to Vegas. So nice. stay tuned. I thought Woost was just VW. Is it only VW? Mm-hmm. Oh. I've never been because, you know, Woost. So. They, they do it at Pal Station and they tear that place up. Yeah. Which makes me sad. Yeah, we got but, nothing on that on those guys. Yeah, nothing on those guys. No, but I was I was telling Todd while you were stepped away there uh, that the the hotel's already booked solid for the for that weekend. If you go to like the Zil- the Silverton website, there's no rooms available. Wow, so it's gonna be all Ambiv people, so it'll be rad. And uh, the they're recommending that you go to the Hilton and you mention Ambiv and you get a ninety nine dollar night room rate. The Hilton, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. At the Hilton, huh? That's I'm guessing that's the closest. I went uh, when I was out there last week. Uh, I'd never been to Green Valley Ranch, which was uh, oh, it's like twenty. Green Valley Ranch is super nice, from what I understand. Yeah, it's it's really nice, but it's like twenty minutes away. It's not really close, right? But it's also really expensive. It's yeah, like, it's also expensive. Yeah, because that's one of the fancy hotels like uh, Red Rocks. Same same owners as Red Rocks, I think. Check Mandalay Bay. Mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> Just like oh, T Money said, I could get a room here. <laughs> Do it! I dare you. <laughs> I beer. Gotta have it on video though. Mm-hmm. Saying so, Todd. It is yes. Tell us about your car. So, anyway, um, I was in Vegas last week. You guys saw, was on the show uh, right. live from Vegas. When I left town, I uh, I had decided to drop my GP off at the dealer because it was leaking something, all sorts of you know whatever. Yeah. Turns out, uh, and I knew in advance it had a leaky oil pan gasket. Yeah. And uh, a leaky, uh, leaky crank sensor O-ring. Okay, pretty common in our '53 generation cars. The car's nine years old. It's got sixty-three thousand miles on it. Yeah. So it's pretty young in the mileage age. And I was going to put new tires on it, which you know it's time to put the summer tires on. So I I, I took it in. And I was leaving at the dealer. I was like, okay, do all this work. I know it's going to hurt, but um, you know, got to get it all done. Yeah. So anyway, in, in Vegas on Friday, I get a call from the dealer, and they're like, okay, uh, yeah, good news, bad news. <laughs> they're like, the good news is, and I'm at lunch with Agro, by the way. He can verify oh. this. <laughs> uh, we're, having, we're having pizza. And um, he says, I got good news, bad news. The good news is your tires are here, and they look great. Right? <laughs> I go, okay. Okay, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is we, we dug into your car, and we found a few more things. Uh-oh. I mean, pretty typical but i i trust my this isn't your typical dealer situation because yeah, you trust your dealer like really like a lot because you talk to those guys you have dinner with them right they come to your house all that stuff exactly yeah. i do favors for them uh likewise so i i trust these guys so anyway they dig into it turns out my uh rear main seal is oh. leaking. <laughs> it's, it's leaking okay which means dropping the whole transmission yeah. and uh, replacing this it's it's a lot of labor it's not an expensive part I mean, it's like a $30 part. A part that takes 12 hours on the book to replace. Exactly, exactly. you got to drop the transmission out, and it's a lot of extra labor. And so they're like, oh, it's it's going to be, and an, I say it's another four figures um, <laughs> of, of expense here. So, uh, yeah, there was, a wow. com- there was a comma in my bill. 
As, <laughs> to, to, to quote our good friend, friend uh, Matthew Schneider from Philadelphia, yeah. yeah, there was a comma in my bill. So anyway, I'm like sitting there in Vegas thinking, all right, I'm going to stop gambling now. I'm going to stop drinking. <laughs> I'm going to go home with money because now I got a, a, a bigger bill. So, uh, so anyway... I, I get back, and I was planning on picking the car up on Saturday. Well, it wasn't going to be done on Saturday. It was going to take a couple more days. So I get back in town, and uh, I go pick up a loaner car because I'm like, I need something to drive. I, I left mine there on the way to the airport. Right. So I'm driving around, and I have an X1 for mm, three days. Okay? And right. this car was fantastically horrible. <laughs> wait, 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 come on, come on. Repeat again? I haven't heard that. Gabe is on Gabe yeah. is on crack. Gabe loves the X1. He thinks it's a fantastic car. I oh, thought no, it was a piece of crap. I yeah. thought it was awful. I thought it was absolutely... It wasn't completely awful, but it's like the car I drove, the way it was equipped, was $45,000. Oh, my God. For an X1, and I would take a countryman uh, in, in a heartbeat over this car every time uh yeah it was it was not great the only plus side was is that you know when i had it we made a trip to ikea and uh loaded up on some furniture that wouldn't fit in the mini so so there you go so you take advantage of having it exactly exactly so anyway the the x1 that i have the brand new x1 with a thousand miles on it had a janky pdc uh the park distance control in the back was not working so needless to say i had it for a couple of days and then they're like hey you want to trade cars we need to get this one fixed i'm like sure so they tossed me the keys to a new 2015 Cooper S automatic. Oh, yes. Okay? So I'm like, great. I get some more time in this. And here it is pretty much back-to-back with the GTI I drove in Vegas. And these cars are comparable now. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I know what I said last week was that I thought the interior of the GTI was as good or better than the Mini. I kind of take that back. I think the Mini interior is a little higher quality material. You know, the materials are a little higher, higher quality. And it seems a little more premium. Maybe 10% more premium than the Volkswagen. So, that being said, the next thing that I noticed, the car that I'm driving is an automatic, did not have the paddle shifters, but I drove it majority of the time in manual sport mode where you can, you know, shift using the, the shifter anyway. Uh, you bump it up or bump it down. Right, right. The, the transmission in the Mini, I, uh, after driving these pretty much back-to-back, I would say I would take the transmission in the Mini over the DSG in the Volkswagen. It was uh, it was more responsive on, in the manual mode, and I had the paddle shifters in the GTI, and really flogged the car, too. And while it was good, um, there's I'd hate to have to live on the difference between the two, but driving them back-to-back, I would choose the Mini Automatic over the GTI. Now, that being said, again, um, I love to say that, I'd probably take a manual of either one before I'd take the automatic, but if I had to choose between the two, I think Mini wins there. So after driving them both back-to-back, to me, even for a little bit more money, I still would choose the Mini over the GTI, as much as I love that car. Hmm. So that was that was an interesting thing. But back to the, back to the, the, the tail of the GP and getting fixed. I finally got it back. Uh, they had it eight days. <laughs> Because um, after they dig into it again in the transmission, they pull the transmission. They're like, do you want a new clutch? And I'm like, well, I, I'm pretty sure you guys did a clutch under warranty. Like yeah, 40- but, they were, but, but they were there. Right, for 40,000 know, 40, miles ago. There's only 40,000 miles on my clutch, right? So they pull it out, and I just happen to be there. And they're like, well, come here. Let's, let's take a look at it. So I look at the clutch, and it's in great shape. There's, there's more than half of its life left. 
Right. But the amount of torque the GP has and the way I drive, you know, uh, it's it was a couple hundred bucks. Right. It's, so, it's inexpensive <laughs> parts if all you have to do is pay for the parts. Right, right. It was already dropped. There was no extra labor. They're not going to charge me anymore. I literally had to pay the cost of the clutch parts, and they had it there, and I'm like, I can't not do this. So, I, I had that same experience when I had the first transmission replaced on Roxy under warranty. Yeah. This, you know we're here. We can replace the clutch and only charge your parts. I'm all, yeah, might as well. Yep, yep. So, you know, there's just adding to my bill again, yeah. uh, my ever-increasing bill. And um, <laughs> so I get a new clutch. I've got, uh, oh, my gosh. And then, then, if that's not enough, oh my God. The, uh, the there's a transmission seal that was leaking that they had to replace, <sighs> which is not a big deal. It's a $15 part, and they're in there, so it's no extra labor, but they didn't have one. So uh, it was going to be another couple of days while they get it. And then, you know, here's my car completely dismantled. The front end is dropped out. The radiators hang, you know, on, yeah. on a rack for a week, taking up space in the shop. So, right. I mean, I'm in no hurry to get it back. They're giving me a car to drive. That's that's fantastic. But they want to get it out of there. You know, they want the, the shop space. And they're doing everything they can. They're not dragging their feet. But anyway, so uh, the trials of, you know, a, a $3,000 bill for the GP – you know, when I'm done, but that include the tires, the yeah, world's yeah. most expensive tires that you can put on a Mini Cooper. That did include my tires, so which wasn't bad. And I put um, here. You, did you buy those tires from the dealer? Um, got them from Tire Rack. Okay, got just making from- sure that you didn't buy the world's most expensive <laughs> tire from the world's most expensive <laughs> reseller. No, 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 no. I I I got them on uh, on Tire Rack, which was as good a deal as I could get, right? Yeah. But for, you know, with shipping and everything, they were like $189, $190 a tire, I believe. Actually, not a bad price because my local discount, I think, sells the Michelin Pilot Sports for like right at two and a quarter. The Super Sports. These are the, the not the Pilot Sport, the Pilot Super Sports. Yeah, I think they're about two and a quarter if you go like discount tire. So, um, which, you know, I only got to put about 10 miles on the car since I picked it up this afternoon. But, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have 18-inch wheels and performance <laughs> tires back on this car. It was so exciting. And, uh, anyway, the new clutch, it's it's a little weird getting used to a new clutch. Because, yeah. you know, I've been driving the other one for, gosh, five years or four years or so. And a whole new thing for a few. Completely different feel. Got to get used to it. Got to get, you know... Uh, everything's fresh and new, but you know what? That just means I'm keeping the GP now, so for sure. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with it now. <laughs> yeah, but that was a pricey. Uh, that was an expensive, <laughs> expensive trip to the dealer. I thought it was going to be like oh, seven hundred bucks. Yeah. No, by the time all was said and done, it was. Just think about it though. Like if this happens to you every three years, yeah, that's a thousand dollars a year. You know, I've had this discussion with a bunch of people, and you know, we've said on the show before, and, and this and is, I said the same thing with my car too. You know, yep. if, if you look at it for if you price this out, the last time you know, spent a big pile of money on repairs till now, how long has it been? And you spread it out, and it's like, well, you know, all things considered, that's not horrible. Yeah, no, it's it's not bad at all. And here it is again for people who are interested. Our rule of thumb is for every ten thousand miles on your car. So let's say your car has fifty thousand miles on it. Um, you are going to need to put away $500 a year. That's $100 for every 10,000 miles on the car, and that's what you're going to spend per year. That's cumulative. If you don't spend it this year, you're going to have to keep that 500 and add it to next year because you're going to end up with a $3,000 bill after you know six years of no expenses. And that's what happened to me. And right. I'm more than happy to pay it. Um, you know, The car is all new and fresh and... And I don't put that many miles on. I put, what, 6,000 miles a year on this car. So, 
Anyway, all, all things considered, that's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But the, the fun thing is, is I got to I got to play around in a new 2015 Cooper S automatic, and I will say this also: the car I had had the the dinkiest little screen, you know, the little orange yeah, the screen, right? <laughs> orange three line display. That was said. I felt like this car was an antique. <laughs> after every car yeah, I've said. That's because the F56 in in your garage right now has the big screen. It does, and the GTI I drove last week had a touch screen, not right. ju- not just a nice screen, it had a touch screen, which yeah. was okay. It wasn't great. the The BMW had full nav. That the X1 that I was driving had full nav and backup camera, all of the technology. I get into this mini, and it really felt like an antique. I it, you get it, wait until you get into my car next month at Ambiv. It smelled of sadness. It was so. <laughs> It's so old, the technology, and I just went, okay, that's it, hands down. Every time I recommend a car to somebody, you have, have, have to get the screen. you got to get the screen. Just, just, spend, to. just spend the money, give up Starbucks for a year, and, and spend the, the 1700 that you need to do to get the screen. Exactly. That's all you got to do. No two ways about it. But, yeah, that was sad. But you know what? I really liked I'm, – I'm saying this, and you guys might have to have me checked for you know a head injury – but I, I really like the automatic in the new Mini, in the F56. Oh, he decided that um, when we drove that car during Mini Takes Estates. I know, but I haven't really driven one since then, and that's been, what, eight months? Yeah, that's true. It's been eight months. So I get yeah, in it again. It's a good transmission. I get in it again, and I'm like, um, this is really nice. I'm having fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. If you needed the JCW exhaust, and you would have been in good shape. So, and, you know, after after doing that, I think... When the JCW finally gets to the dealer, which should be this week or next, uh, I'm going to go drive the automatic, and I may just be pulling the trigger on one of those. You know, speaking of JCW, Todd, yep, it's funny that you should mention that. Yep. Because our man Alex got the chance to drive a JCW Mini today. <laughs> he posted it up on the Twitter internet video thing, um, the whole bit, and it was completely the opposite of riveting. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's funny because this, the day started so well with you know Star Wars obviously, and I was like, this is awesome. I'm two four two. I'm gonna try the JCW this afternoon. It's gonna be a great day, and and I'm talking with my boys at, uh, later tonight. So that's that's the best day ever. And and so obviously you have to confront the reality of test driving a car, a performance car, in a city environment at five forty five p.m., uh, which Chris which means lots of traffic and no opportunity to actually you know, uh, floor the car. On top of that, I didn't want to be a D-bag and, and you know, floor like a brand new car because really yeah. had like, you know, a couple of miles on it. Uh, and it's just not fair from, for whomever is going to buy this thing. Like I wouldn't want someone to floor a car on the, on the, on the, on the showroom that I would be potentially buying. That's I think really, it's not fair. That's really sweet of you, but you need a little more training in being like a, an automotive journalist. <laughs> Yeah. You need you need less moral scruples. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. Which is why I said at the beginning of the show, I think test drives are broken for people like us because it's just like we're enthusiasts, right? Like we're buying a car because right. uh we're buying like a, a sportier car because we're enthusiasts and so we need to test the car as if we would be driv- driving it like on a on a regular basis, right? We're not dangerous people. Like we we drive responsibly yeah. on the road, but still, it's pir- it's spirited driving, right? Yeah. And so I, I never had the chance to to uh, you know to test the strength of the car of the JCW. With that said, there are a couple of key takeaways. Uh, I think the one thing that a lot of people are interested in is the sound it makes uh, inside and out. 
It's amazing. I that's that you know that's I was kind of worried about it. It's amazing. Is it as good as the JCW Pro tuning exhaust? I don't think it is. Um, I haven't had a chance to put the car in spot mode. You know, pull down the windows and and listen to the bubble, the bubble. But it's. I'm sure it's there. I'm sure it's different. But uh, from the at startup, it sounded really. Uh, you know, loud and 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 low at the same time. I don't know if you kind of understand what I, if you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the first observation. The second observation is that uh, the seats. Uh, so it was the you know the Dynamica seats, like mm-hmm. the most expensive seats on the on the option list, uh, are not that comfortable when driving. I prefer the sport seats that we had on the on the on the Mini Cooper S this summer. Uh, I think those are better. So what did uh, you like that, about them? What the, what I didn't like about them, I think they're too uh, they're too uh, uh, hard. Like it's just not comfortable. Really? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I have this memory of the of maybe because it was a pre-production car, maybe they've adjusted the the bolstering over time. But it seemed to me that the bolstering on the on the S that we had uh, during MTTS was were mer- much more like closer to uh, your you know to your uh, to to the body it felt m- much more as I was like cocooned in the in the seat and yeah. it didn't feel like, the same uh, when I was when I was driving this car so it's kind it's kind of weird i don't know um and then the fourth the third observation is that so i agree with you Todd, uh in, in regards to um to like the quality of the interior, I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit higher in the mini, but uh, maybe for the R, the tune of the, the tuning of the uh, of the transmission is different than for the GTI, but I think the DSG is better than Mini's transmission, uh, even on JCW. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I didn't I I thought completely differently of that, but that's interesting. I'd like to dive drive the Golf R and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is. So uh, uh, at the end of the day, uh, the car I drove was ta- priced at forty three thousand dollars, which is a lot for a mini. Dang. Uh, it had every option on the list except the paint, the Rebel Green paint. Uh, even when I asked the guy, "What is the you know, do you guys had anybody ordering the paint that, that paint?" and he, he wasn't, he didn't even know what I was talking about. So <laughs> it's a pretty rare paint, uh, I think. Not a, not a lot of people are gonna order it. Right. So. Uh, but uh yes they're getting they're getting orders in uh but you know you know if i'm sure pat mckenna is listening to this show so pat uh, you can send the invitation to the press event uh to alex dot and gb at what roof radio <laughs> and we'll be more than happy to floor every gin copier works uh, on the circuit that you guys will make absolutely. available to us absolutely <laughs> we're all about it <laughs> That's it. That's that's all. Yeah, it's not. It's that's. I won't be dry, writing anything on motoring file about it because just as I make, it's it's not fair to the car. I think it's just <laughs> not fair. Yeah. No, I mean you know I don't like it because beside the fact that it was boring, I have really nothing to say about it. No. Okay. Got it. All right. Fair enough. What else does anybody have? Well, um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I've I've noticed about and and this is driving the the F fifty six Cooper that we've got here and driving the loaner car the two thousand fifteen S that I had the automatic. Here yeah. is the way if you're an enthusiast and you want the most out of your car, um, turn off DSC and I don't mean just click it. I mean you have to hold it down for five seconds to turn it completely off and put the car in sport mode. It turns it into a completely different beast. I, I think. I don't think sport mode does much on the Cooper except for tighten up the. It tightens. I don't like sport mode on my car. It's it's peppier on the F fifty six in the Cooper. 
And well, it changes the throttle mapping, and I don't need to change the throttle mapping. I, so, I, I just want the extra tightening on the steering. Right? I, think, I, don't, I don't want the, th- the throttle map- mapping. It messes me up. Yeah. Um, well, and if you're used to driving, I totally, I totally understand that. And um, I, you know, whenever I get in the Cooper that I'm driving here, uh, I always put it in sport mode. It's just like, oh my gosh, I gotta have the extra, you know, oomph. Like the turbo kicks in sooner than it does otherwise, and uh, it's much more, you know, it's it's more fun to drive. Now, the uh, the Cooper S automatic that I had the last couple of days was really fun to drive when you turn DSC completely off. It doesn't stutter when you punch it and uh, the shifts are a little bit smoother for some reason in sport mode. And driving in sport mode, it, it realizes the way you drive and it automatically kills the uh, auto start stop. <laughs> like it, it knows, oh, I'm not going to take off fast enough for this guy, so I'm going to leave it running. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, go try to drive yourself. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I'd like to, I, I forgot to mention is um, uh, really, really quickly yes. because, yeah. before you say anything really quick, if you're out there listening live, the live stream is about ready to end in about 30 seconds. I just want to let you guys know, thanks for stopping by and checking us out live. Uh, watch for full length audio during the live stream happening very, very soon, like next week soon. Yeah. So thanks again for stopping by, gang. It's going to stop in like 30 seconds. So, so just cheers so to can. the live people. Cheers to the live people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So one thing is that the the one other option the car didn't have is the you know the spoke wheels that you see on the picture on monitoring file, right. like those uh, option wheels. And so I've seen the car with those wheels at Nias, and I honestly didn't see the difference with the other ones. So the one that I had in my car were the 17th, and those ones are 18th. Like I don't see the difference in size. It's kind of weird. Like the effect of color and and shape like makes it look like it's not as bigger than 17th. Uh, and then the the other thing is that the 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 monitoring advisor was not very good at trying to convince convince me that th- this car is better than the Golf R or an M235i because I said you know you asked me like what car are you shopping against and you know I said those two and you know the guy was like you know oh, minis you know yeah they had not much you know like mini like the community the car looks a little bit better I, I would give him that uh, the community okay sure. But that's it. Like aside from this, like what are you gonna say against all-wheel drive TSG? You know, like the uh, the the all the options, all that stuff. It's uh, it's kind of you know, it's kind of they are shot in arguments, if you will. I think I would I would agree with that. I came back to my dealer and told them that uh, I drove the GTI in Vegas and really liked it, and they were kind of left going, huh? I said, do a lot of people come in cross shopping? You know, the GTI, and they're like, no, not really. So I th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a thing where Volkswagen drivers are not shopping Mini and vice versa. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, kind of like the Hatfields uh, and McCoys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a definite it's a definite challenger. I mean, you know, it's a uh, the the R uh, is giving Mini a run for its money. Definitely, there is no doubt about it. Oh, there you go. Excellent. I would say so. Okay. I was able to reset right. that, which I didn't know I could do. Oh, you reset the live field? Yeah, so now, now we're back being live again. We get another hour. Because I can put another quarter in the meter. <laughs> I put another quarter in the meter. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. <laughs> At that Patreon fund, it's paying off. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm waiting for, actually. And we're going to actually fire this up so we can do this um, almost with every live show uh, with an unlimited stream, which would be really nice. And And that's why we have Patreon funded so we can do things like this because this stuff's not cheap. 
and it's not free. Awesome, well, it's free, but it sucks free. Well, hey, we can we can wrap the real part of the show, and then for those real super nerds, you want to hang around after the credits roll. We'll have the bonus section where we get to talk uh, Star, Star Wars. Or is an Apple Watch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> GB is already like. Uh. I have the earth in. I'm just. I'm ready to go. It's <laughs> got a tap takeover going on in town somewhere, and I was hoping to get to that, but apparently not tonight. Thanks, Alex. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, we are done. I want to remind you guys finally about motoring stripes. Motoringstripes.com. Go over there, and that's how you get Todd stripes for your mini. And yourself. hey, look for. Uh, by the time you hear this, I've had uh, too many requests, and and it should be up by the time the show goes live. Is the White Roof Radio Sunroof Delete Kit? Yes, I keep mentioning the White Roof Radio Sunroof Delete Kit, and I'm glad that's coming along. That's a really great piece. It makes your sunroof solid, so it helps block out the sun. So you like the idea of the sunroof when it's open, but not so much with the big glass thing and the what is it, the cabana effect, right? Yeah. yeah. You want like full sun blockage if it's closed. The White Roof Radio Sunroof Delete Kit is for you in white or black or uh, or even silver, even metallic silver. If you have a silver roof, one of the nice. One nice. of the few people who have that. And which is funny because you know the X1 that I was driving um, had a full sunroof. And it's about the size of the Countryman. But the X1 had a total panel that comes and blocks it off completely. And you're just left with headliner. And I'm like, I could live with a sunroof like that. Every other car with a sunroof on the planet has that. I except know. the Mini. All right. It's, oh, hey, look, we've been going for an hour. You know how you can tell? Alex, Alex is... has to reject. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I want you guys to go over there. Motoring stripes. Keep an eye out for that uh, for the White Roof Radio Sunroof Delete Kit. If you've got a Countryman, you get the bumper, the Countryman bumper protection strip. That's a Motoring Stripes exclusive, by the way. That's Todd's special design, and it's a bitchin' piece. And keep keep your bumper protected so when you load luggage up in there, or groceries, or your dog, uh, it keeps your bumper from getting scratched, which is super awesome. Not to mention all the fine other stripes that you can get, and they fit the car properly. They actually wrap around. They go all the way to the edge of the hood and all the way to the top edge of the hood. Not yes. like the factory stripes, which are short and just irritate me. Oh, that just it just looks like they're unfinished. Which, if somebody asked for that, I would give them that. And it's it's been on a rare occasion, but about a handful of times in ten years, people are like, "Oh no, I like them like that." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> well, okay, that's weird. So anyway, go over there, check it out. Uh, MotoringStripes.com. Todd, do we still have that coupon code of fifty yep. fifty? We All certainly right. do for White Roof Radio listeners. For the White Roof Radio listeners, use coupon code of five zero five zero, and you will save five percent. Boom. Pretty rad. Motoringstripe.com. Go over there. Get it done. Do it now. Todd, are you striping cars in Vegas? Um, yes, I will be. Okay. Um, are we taking reservations for you striping cars in Vegas? Yet? Yes, I am. Uh, I've still got a couple of slots available. There you go. If you want Todd to actually install graphics on your car while in Las Vegas for Ambiv, uh, shoot him an email, Todd at... WhiteRoofRadio.com, or go to MotoringStripes.com and use the contact form. It works very well. There you go. Perfect. Do that now, please. Thank you. Uh, but otherwise, we're done for the night. Like I said, well, we're done with the regular show for the night. Uh, hopefully, some of you stuck around for the during the live feed to see what we were talking about with Star Wars and Apple Watch, apparently. Yeah, you get more uh, bonus coming up. <laughs> right, more bonus coming up after this. So, uh, but we're done otherwise. This is a part of the show where I like to make the funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us know in the show notes. You can also email us, feedback at whiteroofradio.com. But until next week, Inc., this is DB. I'm Tom. Cheers. A bientôt.
So how about that Star Wars trailer? Oh my gosh, could like one more person post that in their feed today in their social media feed? <laughs> Holy crap, people! Yeah, so I could go ahead and do that if if that would make you feel better. And what was funny because uh, I got home and and uh, Dina was on the couch and she's like, I haven't seen it yet. Where am I gonna find the link? And she got it out of Alex's uh, uh, Twitter feed. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh good. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you got to see it. Everybody shared that on my internet today. It was that's all anybody was talking about on my whole internet was the actually early this morning was the Star. I mean, it was everywhere. So, so, so it was, before we actually talk about the trailer, I wanted to, I was curious to know uh, what what is your first Star experience, you guys? Because I'm just you know curious to know. I saw the original. I waited in line when it came out in 1976. Is that right? Or not? Uh, 77. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it came out at the big theater in Kansas City. Um, you know, there's only one giant theater at the time before the multiplex. And I probably saw it three times in the theater that year. Wow. You know? That's uh, pretty cool. I was, what, nine years old? I don't even remember when, uh, what movie I saw first. I probably saw him out of order. I just, honestly, I just, I'm, I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm a Star Trek guy. Oh, okay. I'm both. Okay. I'm both. I grew up, you know, my, my family watched all I, the... Star Wars movies. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm, like, talking Star Wars because I do like Star Wars movies. But it's not like I'm, like, goo goo gaga about them. It's like I saw them. They were great films. I liked them a lot. But I'm, like, I don't... I'm confused now. Like, the one that's coming up, I don't know where in the timeline it lands. I probably need to go back and rewatch all of them in the correct order, not in the order they were released, but in the actual chronological order that they should be watched in so that I'm not completely confused. And you can do that now. It's digitally available uh, in digital HD on iTunes. Right. Exactly. And so you have to go and you have to start with the first one of the last set and watch those three and then start with the first one that was released and go through those. Right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I uh, if you know if I had kids right now and I had to make them watch Star Wars, that's probably the order I would want them to watch Star Wars in. The thing is, is that there is so much you know difference in in uh, technology between the the first three ones and the last three ones that you know I they never I explain the regression. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want like you know it's like someone to be disappointed. So there's there's a debate in regards to should you start with you know four, five, six, or one, two, three. Uh, honestly, I think one, two, three are pretty bad movies. Um, yeah, they're pretty awful. Pretty <laughs> all, bad all, movies. All Star Wars nerds don't like one, two, and three. We blame. Yeah, I yeah. blame Jar Jar Binks for most of that. Yeah, <laughs> most of that, and, and some you know George Lucas, you know, writing. It's pretty pretty terrible. And and I think that uh, that this movie, you know, from what I've seen, obviously the trailer always very you know like it's very uh, how do I call it like very spectacular, right? So it's only like you know a minute and a half and very spectacular, and people are like well this is gonna be amazing but i mean chances are it's not gonna be it can't be worse than what we got like for the last three right so that's that's why i'm excited as far as my experience goes like i you know i never had a chance to watch it like uh, the first three uh at the movie theater because i was one when the last one <laughs> came out <laughs> but uh so it's funny because on you know i i, I don't know how it is in the u.s but in france you know after uh, th- three years after the, a movie is released uh, in theater, like it comes to the to the TV, right? And so you don't have to pay cable. Like it's it's like the channel buys it, and so it's it's available for any. They, they put it like they put it out like one night. Like there's this one big night where you can have like a big movie on that channel. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is like I, I remember this very clearly when I was a kid. Like that that specific channel because it was one channel doing it. Like didn't buy the movie in the right order. So. I think the first one that I watched was Return of the Jedi, and I was like, 
blown away by, by what it was. And I was begging my parents to buy the uh, the VHS, but they never bought it. And so I was trying to scavenger, you know, anything I could uh, from those from those channels, and and try to make sure I would not miss the next, you know, the next air date for one of those movies. But it never came out. And so until uh, the you know number one, like as in episode one, came out in 1999. That's when it, you know, it drove me crazy again. But uh, the peak of the craziness was when the third one came out. And so I could not sleep for two weeks before <laughs> the movie. And, and I mean, it was really serious. At this time, I was living in Hong Kong and, and my roommate was like, dude, you're, you're sick. Like, you should have seen my face uh, during, during those two weeks. I was like barely, barely walking straight. It was really bad. And, and the reason I couldn't sleep is because I was... In my head, I was because there was not as much information available as now online, right? So, you you were not getting so many spoilers as you get now, uh, as you get now in regards to the story, to the plot of the movie. And so, in my head, I was trying to kind of come up with a plot on how uh, Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, and I would not, st- I could not sleep because I was trying to come up with different plots all the time. And so, it drove me insane until it came out. <laughs> Anyways, you know, 10 years later now, because it was released in 20, 2005, like this one is coming out. And obviously, I'm insane, you know, and I'm, and I'm killing DB's flow with this because I can't stop. You got to wait till Christmas, it. man. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, but, my uh, God. Yeah, the, the trailer was pretty awesome, I think. I, mean, I think it's been really well done so far. I can Alex, I can tell Alex is excited because he he's talking like he just drank like five shots of espresso. <laughs> So much, he had so much in his brain. He wants it all to come out right now, like in one big lump. But he can't talk fast enough to get all the words out of his head fast enough. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know if there is an equivalent for uh, like sports event in 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 uh, US games. So like you know, obviously like Europeans are very big on soccer, right? And so the World Cup is like this one thing that happens every four years. It's not like the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is every year, right? Right. And so for one for your national team whomever you know wherever you live in Europe to be in the final of the World Cup it's a big deal. once in your lifetime it's like you know it's like almost a miracle but twice twice in your lifetime it's like this is like this is more than this is i don't know what is above miracle and so this happened to me in 1998 like France was in the final and in 2006 we were in the final again and so that level of excitement, I have the same level of excitement for Star Wars. Like in, in your lifetime, being able to, uh, me, for being able to have seen like all the three, you know, trilogies. Uh, I mean, hopefully if I don't die before the, the episode nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's like amazing. Like for me, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> has anybody seen Fast and Furious 7 yet? Uh, no. Yeah, I have. No. Uh, what do you think, Alex? I think it was good but too long. Okay. Yeah, it's two hours. So, okay. I haven't seen it yet. So, somewhere. You haven't seen it yet? Yeah. Nope. I mean, it, 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 I it's. A, I had to see um, six for. I had to see six again with uh, the person I'm going to see seven with. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go watch it. It's, uh, I think the only one fun. I've. Yeah, the only one I've seen of that, I believe, is the first one. Oh, no. I'm current on all of them. Although I have to watch Tokyo Drift again just because I've only seen pieces parts. Uh. Yeah, what what I, the only thing I have, the most the one thing you I want to say about the movie is that what they did for Paul Walker was very nice. I mean, they did yeah. this very very well. It's very classy. It's uh, super cool. Yeah, I can't wait. That's kind of what I mean. The movie's already made mad money, and I think part of it is because of that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So right. so last week when I was in Vegas, the uh, the Apple Watch came out, and our friend Alex stayed up. You ordered one, I take it, right? 
Yeah, cool. I did. I didn't want to do it, but then I did. Uh, Which one did you get? I got the stainless steel with the leather loop. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, oh no, the last weekend, I think it was Sunday, I went to the Apple store to do a try-on. And I was kind of surprised there was not a lot of people in the store to actually try the watch. Uh, and, I w- and I've been, you know... I'm super disappointed by the quality of the bands. Yeah, I would, the leather bands—they are really cheap. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be an aftermarket for that, and I think it's going to explode, just like iPhone cases did. I think um, it, just give it some time, and they'll be inexpensive. Yeah, and I think it's smart of Apple that they have actually opened their, you know, I don't know, their patent or system to, uh, to you know, third parties to actually make bands for the watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so did you, did you try it, uh, Todd? No, no, I have not. And, um, I'm, I'm with DB on the, in this camp. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm interested because I think it'd be a cool device for, you know, health tracking and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It's going to be a first gen thing. I'm going to let everybody else get one. I'm going to let everybody else complain about the battery life because they're spending their entire day looking at Instagram photos on it. And then uh, I'll wait for a rev too. And then I'll think about it. I think that's where I, I'm with you on that one. And when the first. Think, I'm really excited about it. And it's something I think I might might actually get me back to wearing a, a watch. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't want to be. I'm not, I don't want to be the beta tester on that one. I was the same way. I did not have the very first iPhone that came out. I I waited, oh, okay. I waited until the the first update of the iPhone in 2007. So I was kind of the same way. Although, you know, there was one in the house, so I got to play with it and be jealous. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I mean, way late iPhone bandwagon because I'm on, I didn't even get an iPhone until 4s. Yeah, you were a Droid person for a long time. But by then, yeah, I mean, it was already done. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. That was, uh, was sucks. I just have no need. I have no need for it. It doesn't do anything that my phone doesn't, and my phone is always on me. I, right. What I have to say is that it's going to be very difficult to not very difficult, but I think it's going to be difficult to sell this to watch wearers because I wear a watch on a regular basis. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a watch that I get for my bar mitzvah, so it's a pretty luxurious watch. Uh-huh. And so this is not at this level. So that's why I'm talking about the, like the leather band, like it. This it definitely, it's not at the level. It yeah. feels cheap, and I'm actually thinking of canceling the order because of this. Because it's not. I'm not gonna wear a plastic watch, a plastic band, like because you know. So once you not, you could drop the ten grand on the uh, on the gold one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know what's <laughs> funny is everybody talks about how expensive the Apple Watch is, and I think if you're a watch wearer and you buy watches, four hundred bucks is nothing. No, it's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing it's, for a watch. There are people who spend ten times. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You spend three, four grand on a watch without even thinking about it. You know, some people do. I don't. I don't wear a watch, and this isn't going to make me wear a watch. If you're one that rolls into Walgreens and buys the twenty dollars Timex, then yeah, four hundred bucks is a lot for a watch. I have a drawer full of uh, you know twenty dollars watches, and I never wear them. I used to. I used to wear the fifty dollars watches. You know, the the what was a fossil or. Yeah watch or even the good the better timex watches yeah. but i've never had a multi hundred dollar i had a calculator watch back in grade school dude i had one of those two an those lcd stuff. calculator watch that had a stylus with it <laughs> i didn't have a stylus you had a little you had a really sharp pointy fingers yeah yeah was, mine was a casio dude that was insane it's bad so <laughs> as far as the apps goes and i mean trying on the watch like it's it's kind of nice it's a you know, the, the reason I ordered it is because, you know, I'm like a nerd. And so I order like the first the first version of all things Apple, except those MacBooks that makes no sense to me. Um, 
but it's 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 kind of nice it's just i think you have to to get it for to have it at least for weeks or two weeks to understand where it really use for but i am i agree with you like in absolute guys i agree with you like the the first version of this is not you know it's going to be for the early adopters uh, and but, the, you know, probably the second or third version is going to be really something to maybe to be interested in. But, you, know, you know, come July, yeah. I'm just going to be in a store and go. All right, I'm I'm buying one. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any in the store, yeah. I mean, I, I want to check it out. And I mean, I'm not going to talk trash about it because I think it sounds really interesting. Uh, I just I'm I'm going to wait. Yeah, you guys should go uh, try it on. Like it's the, the one thing I I like is the try on. Like it's not it. It's funny because for an expensive item like this, like for because it's a jewelry at the end of the day, right? It's almost like a jewelry. I mean, in, in terms of pricing, it's almost there, and you don't feel like you know, you know, in those jewelry store when you step in, and if you're not dressed or not dressed the right way, or not looking at people the right way, they're gonna be looking at you like, mm, what do you want here? We don't want you here. But it's not like that at the Apple store. Like they, they really don't care. Like you know, pretty much every, anyone can can try this thing, and they're very cool about having you trying pretty much everything you want so i would definitely recommend go there just have fun for 15 minutes and yeah i'll go i'll go try it. one yeah, yeah would, eventually when i have five extra minutes that has yeah. not that has not happened i've been working seven days a week for the last month and i i'm gonna drop if i don't uh take a day off yeah take a day off yeah I, even when i was in vegas i was uh i was working and going nonstop. it was crazy so, yeah. When I get a chance, I'm going to go to the Apple Store. I'm going to make an appointment. going to try one on. Still probably won't buy it, but it'll be fun to see. All right. All right. Fair enough. Right. 